Hello, and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy! My guest today is Catherine Calmise. She is a certified director of operations who helps online business owners by providing operational planning and team leadership so their business can run efficiently. She uses her background in home organizing, workplace productivity, and managerial experience to help make the vision of your business a reality. I loved this conversation with Catherine. We talked about pillars of communication and leadership. We talked about how you make plans and get clear deadlines so the team can feel empowered, delivering great results. I hope that you enjoy this episode. Catherine, welcome to the show. It's so awesome to have you here. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to us a little bit about what you do and the kind of people that you help. Okay. So I am a certified director of operations. So I help business coaches take their big business ideas and transform them into reality. Mm, Nice. Give me an example of what that would look like in like real life contextually. Okay. So let's say that maybe you're launching a new service and you're not exactly sure all of the steps that you want, but you know that this is the general idea of the service that you want to provide to your clients. So you would give me that idea and I break it down into all the steps and then either pass it on to your team or we can work together to be able to make that idea become reality. Oh, that's awesome. That is so great. You know, that's a skill to really be able to dissect and pull apart, tweeze away all of the to-dos. I think that's where a lot of people get into overwhelm. What's the biggest stumbling block that you find with a solopreneur or small business owner when they're trying to launch something big? Okay. Usually it has to do with their team, unfortunately, is that maybe the leader of their team doesn't have all the leadership skills that they need for leading the team. Think about a lot of us were in corporate jobs before we got on the online space and became entrepreneurs. Think about back in that time, there were bosses that didn't have all the leadership skills, but they were still in that leadership position. So what I tried to do is kind of teach what some of those leadership skills that you need, talk with the team, you need to be able to smooth things over so that you're not just having to completely hire a new team constantly. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Oh my gosh. What What would you advise someone that has a leader that maybe doesn't have leadership qualities in place? How do they cope? Because they're still needing to get the job done. There's a lot of training skills that you can take, even just looking at what different leadership skills are, like communication, trust, respect. Even if you do little fun team building exercises with your team, that can really help with the trust and the loyalty and the honesty that's built in your team. And that makes it everyone be work better together. Yeah, absolutely. So trust, honesty, and communication, are you saying that those are kind of like the three pillars of leadership or would you throw something else in the mix? There's lots of things that could make a great leader and it all depends on what you're doing and what your team needs, you know, because there are so many other leadership skills that you can add into there. 
but it's just whatever your strengths are and what works and what the strengths of your team are that all work together. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I love the kind of out of the box team building exercises that a lot of companies do, you know, like zip lining together or the trust falls, you know, the obstacle courses and all that. What would you recommend for someone now that we're doing social distancing and there's isolation because of COVID-19? What would be some tips for people to build team and trust in these times? Okay. One of the easiest things to do is just to meet with your team and really get clear on your mission, vision, and values of your business. If your team is very clear on what your mission is and where you're supposed to be heading, then they're more likely to get on board and follow along. Oh yeah, that's so very good. I'm, I'm all about that. Interestingly enough, I had a recent guest and we were talking about mission and vision and I was saying, you know, I felt that that was a really strong foundation and she said, well, mission and vision are passe. What do you say to that? She's like, that's so outdated. No one uses mission and vision anymore. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so I'm very curious on your thoughts. I kind of disagree with that actually, because I mean, like I said, you have to know what the mission of your company is. I worked for a client who at first she didn't tell the rest of her team what the mission was for her business or what her goals were, or even what the key performance indicators were that her team, she was expecting her team to meet. If your team doesn't know that, if you're wanting your team member to pitch to five podcasts a week and they're only doing one and you're unhappy with their performance, If you're not telling them that that's what you're expecting, then they're not going to know. So I really think that that's really important that they know what your mission and what your plan is. Yeah, absolutely. It goes back to communication. It goes back to not assuming. That's so very key. Do you mainly work and and assist with small business owners that have a staff or do you also have solopreneurs in your arena? So I have two different offerings. One is specifically for people who have a small team, like zero to five team members. And then I also have an offering that's for solopreneurs. And do you find that the struggles are different? Like we talked about having a lack of leadership in the team roles. What do you think would be the biggest struggle? Is it that self-governing aspect of a solopreneur that they get a little willy-nilly? But you tell me in your words, what's the biggest struggle you see in the solopreneur arena with clients that come to you initially with a struggle? So for the solopreneur arena, usually it's that their business is just disorganized and not necessarily about leadership. It's that they've been a part of all of these different programs and piece them all together. And so it's kind of like this Frankenstein business that they've got. And so they come to me to be able to help clear that out and patch it up. (laughs) Oh my God. It's like a tangled ball of necklaces, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, it is. You've got to be a puzzle solver. Do you like puzzles in real life? <laughs> like in your personal life? I like organizing things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really, really interesting. And I see that a lot as well, where they're just, the better people get at marketing, the more that solopreneurs are convinced that they need the thing in order to like hit their goals or make everything run. And so you're so right. It's like they piece in part all these all cart things and it's rare that they all play together nicely. (laughs) So I could see where that service of streamlining could come in handy. Also though, there's an emotional level and I would love your thoughts on that, Catherine, because 
when things are working, but they're not really working, but they're at least in place, there's kind of this feeling of like, if you take that away, is it going to still work as well? Or am I, is my site going to be down? How do you address that side? Because I'm all about holistic living. So we're, we take us with us wherever we go. So how do you kind of calm that and pacify that concern with clients when you start to streamline? So one of my skills is communication. And so I really make sure that it's very clear step-by-step, this is what's going to happen next. This is what I'm going to do so that they know it's very transparent on what they can expect. Yeah, definitely. I know that when I hired you in the recent past to kind of migrate over some blogs, not only did you do what I asked, but you were like, I organized them in an XYZ fashion, like based on business standards. I was like, oh, that's so cool. I love that. I love that you went above and beyond. You were really looking out for my best interest and put the project in a way that had the best business practices. And so I think that that's what's going to turn fans, right? Like turn clients into fans because you've, you've delighted them. You've gone above and beyond just the ask. How do you recommend that people keep client delight top of mind? Really communicate with your clients. If you don't know what it is that they're looking for, what they actually want out of your program, then you don't know what to create. You're just kind of trying to hit the target, but you're playing in the dark. You got to ask. You have to ask for sure. And then for startups that don't really have a client base now, but they're really working towards getting clients, what do you recommend that they do in order to make sure that they're crafting offerings that are going to have hands raised when they're ready to launch? So that really has to do with your marketing and asking those research questions ahead of time on what people are looking for so that you can design a program based on what the needs are for it so that you already know the need is out there, that there already will be people as soon as you produce whatever you're creating that will want to buy it. Yeah, for sure. Do you have a favorite tool? I know there's a lot of apps out there and a lot of tools. Do you have a favorite tool for polls and surveys? No, I spend a lot of time on Instagram. So Instagram has built in polls for people. So that's kind of one of my favorite Favorite things for asking questions. (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. Because yeah, I'm going to be putting a YouTube channel together. My VA was like, we need to do some Instagram polls to see what your audience is going to want for the live launch for YouTube. And I was like, cool, that's fun. Like, you know, it's something that I don't really utilize through Instagram. I mainly do type form or a Google form to glean that information. But people are on mobile and they want it easy and fast and fun and animated. And why not? absolutely use what's already built into an app instead of reinventing the wheel. I really like that. Do you have like a couple of questions for somebody that may be in that startup realm looking to curate, but they're kind of like, I don't really even know what to ask. You know, how do I get people to engage in the poll? Do you have like one or two tips for questions that pull people in so you even glean that data? So really the key is to make it so that it's about connecting with them. So it's not, don't make it all business or all robotic, make it personal too. You've got to pull in something that will pull them in, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. It's all about connection. And honestly, like I cannot stand those Autobots. I cannot stand them. Like I love automation. I'm all about efficiency and simplifying, but I recently signed up for, they need your service actually. I recently signed up for a program and I got 13 auto techs and it made me have such a bad taste in my mouth. I'm like, 
oh my gosh, like I'm all for automation, but this is ridiculous. (laughs) You have to like delete some of those out, right? So connection and remembering it's a person on the other end. So even the Facebook bots and things like that, um, you can use them in moderation, but still keep you in it. I don't know if you find, especially now with weeks on end of this isolation, but I think that people more and more and more want that like real human connection. And I feel that they're going to turn off if there's excessive automation because we're on information overload and we're desperately wanting to connect and have that honest communication. How have you seen it affect your work or your clients because of this new global, well, it's not a new global pandemic, but the global pandemic, the new normal that everyone's talking about? So the biggest change that I've seen in my client's business is just the marketing aspect is wanting to change some of the wording of what they're putting out there to their clients. I have seen some people who are afraid of selling right now during this time. And so it's just kind of talking through why they're feeling that and how we can make it actually work in their business for them. I'm seeing that too. People are retreating. They don't want to add to the noise. They don't want to look sleazy or scammy. And I also know that there's been a few trolls and online haters with people in the beginning. I've been helping people do online courses since 2014. And people in this space or people that like newly came into this space when this first happened and everyone was scurrying to figure out how to do Zoom and how to get a course slapped up online so they could still have revenue coming in, there was a lot of online haters and trolls really looking at that as kind of like an ambulance chaser type thing. Did you notice that as well? I did. You know, that's unfortunate that people were feeling like you shouldn't be doing this. You know, everyone's their own unique business, their own unique way of doing things. I'm kind of like, don't judge until it all evens out. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And intention is what matters right? If your intent is service, if your intent is to solve a problem of your ideal client, then that's all that matters. Your heart is open and you're following those rules versus this other avenue. And it is something though, to your point where people are afraid to get out there. Did you ever just wish there was a group of high vibe women entrepreneurs that you could hang out with? A place where you could share your wins, get a biz question asked and be around people that just get you. Well, there is my friend. It's my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group. I created a place on the web where like minds and open hearts could continue the conversations that we start here on the podcast. Fulfill your desire to develop friendships with women from around the globe. Women who are on the solopreneur journey, just like you. Now more than ever, we are craving authentic connections. Believe me, your voice matters, your work matters, and having the support of a close-knit community can make all the difference in the world. So head over to Facebook and go to facebook.com slash groups slash Women Developing Brilliance and request to join my private Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, the gathering place for heart-centered female entrepreneurs looking to create an impact increase their income, and connect deeply with themselves and others in the process. I can't wait to welcome you in my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, where you'll be encouraged to introduce yourself, ask a question, and meet other ambitious lightworkers just like you. 
Again, it's facebook.com slash groups slash women developing brilliance. I'll catch you there. What kind of tips or advice do you have for those that are hiding right now in the shadows or worried that they may be judged or it may come off salesy in a time of crisis? The worst thing that people can say is no. Mentally preparing yourself for that, number one. Number two, what does it mean if they say no? Is it really going to hurt any, make any difference from where you are right now? No. So no is okay. Feel like no is okay. (laughs) Oh, I like that. We need a bumper sticker. (laughs) Yeah, it's perspective. It's really perspective. I know like like some of the experts say, if you're going to fail, fail fast, right? We've all heard that Nelson Mandela quote where, you know, I never lose. I just win or I learn. So I think, you know, that really speaks to entrepreneurial resilience. And I would love for you to talk about a time in your business career where you had to exercise some of that entrepreneurial resilience. In every level of my business, there has been some kind of stumbling block that I've had to go over. Really, the thing to remember is that it's just in this moment that you can keep on going from here. It's just going to be this little bump in the road and the next thing is going to come and just be ready that, you know, everything's not perfect. And so the next thing is going to come. You may not know what it's going to be, but just be ready for it. Yeah, for sure. Do you struggle with perfectionism? (laughs) I wish I could be perfect, but nobody's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I ask because you're so organized and I feel like I'm a recovering perfectionist and it's a hard thing to break because to me, there's this fine line of integrity and putting out stellar work and then being over to the point where you could push yourself into burnout. And so that's why I was wondering if you have had that in the past How do you navigate that and play that fine role between those two? So I'm big on time management. So if something is taking me too much time because I'm trying to make it better than it is, then I know that I need to move on. And so that's kind of something I had to take the time to recognize was my time management. Mm, That's good. Yeah, that's really good. And you have to be disciplined, you know, whether you're using the Pomodoro method and saying, I'm going to complete this task in this 25-hour POM or whatever else you do, a little message or alert on your phone. That's so good. I recently had a situation where I was working with a client. We were coming up with her new brand. We decided because she does a lot of like handmade boutique and high personalized offerings that we wanted her brand to be really special. So we wanted her name to be handwritten with one of her favorite fountain pens and something that's like going to be like fun and creative and crafty. Like it was driving her up the wall because she kept changing nibs on her pen. She kept rewriting her name over and over and over again. And she said, I feel like a kid finger painting that the more I get in there and do it, it's just making a mess. And I can't tell you, because I don't know how many times she rewrote her name, but I know that it sucked all the joy out of the project. <laughs> you know. So for that, if you could have the discipline of like, hey, I'm going to try this. I'm going to work on it in two different palms, 25 minutes in the morning, 25 minutes in the afternoon. If I don't get it today, then maybe it's not right. Mm-hmm. Are you a fan of that kind of philosophy? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I see so many more people getting stuff done. I just hosted a co-working session yesterday where it was a two-hour time, but we took 25 minutes of work and then five-minute break. And just stretching in between, it gives you that chance to relax and kind of like take your brain away from the project for a minute. 
and then come back. So you're likely to get more done in that focused amount of time. Absolutely. I just put my yoga mat in front of my desk and my boyfriend came in my office today and he was like, oh, are you doing yoga? I'm like, well, it's like a reminder. I've done it twice this week. So I can't say like I'm doing it often or daily, but I feel like now that it's in front of my desk, I have more opportunity. And I love that five minute break to be like, okay, I'm going to stretch. I'm going to actually like realign, check in with my posture because especially now with all of us doing so much more screen time, for me, it's about the same because I spend a lot of time on screen, but I can really lose track and sight of my posture, my breath. When was the last time I actually did get up and stretch? So I like that you have that built in. Have you increased your co-working sessions because of this time? Because I know that that's a really popular way for people to feel like they're not alone and it does increase productivity when you're with a group and you have that accountability setting. So I haven't personally, but things that I'm a member of, I've seen increasing yeah. it because we're because of bringing everything online instead of meeting in person. Yeah, definitely. I really like that. What kind of new and exciting things do you have on the docket? Like as we move further into 2020. So I'm really excited that I've just started offering a metrics and management workshop. So it's all about learning all the metrics that you need in your business and saying that if you have a metric, you can manage it. And so just like how I was talking about how team members not having clear key performance indicators, this workshop, I'm talking about how you create those key performance indicators for your team. That is so valuable. I see that as a big weakness. I don't know if it is. I feel that it is more dominant with female entrepreneurs. Metrics tend to land. And of course, this is just a generalization, but they do tend to land more in the masculine side of framework and linear and numbers and metrics. And I think it's changing. You know, I do think it's changing. And I think that as we start looking at that, whatever we focus on, we have the agility to manage and to increase or optimize. So I really like that you're doing that. It's something that surprisingly enough, after being an entrepreneur for 29 years, it's not a strength of mine. It's kind of like I can relate to my clients that are just like, I'm going to go with the flow. All is good. The universe has my back. And we still have to manage our metrics. (laughs) So what is a simple way for somebody that is used to going with the flow? What would you let them know would be just like one thing that they can do today to get a handle on part of that, that arena of metrics. Okay. One thing that you can do is look at something that is producing money in your business. So maybe that's the number of sales that you're having. How many sales are you having each month? How many sales do you need to have each month? That's a simple metric. That's an easy place to start. It is. And it helps you reverse engineer to that big goal. So I like when you talked about that in the beginning of like having the mission and vision and exactly like the KPIs, like where do you want to be? And then you can reverse it back based on those metrics that you're following. I love that. That's awesome. That's something that everyone can do today. Perfect. And if you were going to leave our listeners and viewers with a bright light piece of wisdom, how would you like to close off today? I once heard the saying where you have the staircase is all in front of you, but all you need to do today is take the first step. Yes. Was that Lao Tzu? Very similar to like the journey begins with a step, something like that. Love it. Perfect. That's true. And it takes away the overwhelm. I mean, it really, really does. We can all put one foot in front of the other. We don't have to take the whole giant staircase. I love it. That's beautiful. And how can people get a hold of you? 
So like I said, I mostly hang out on Instagram. So it's at Calmies Consulting on Instagram or Facebook. Okay, cool. I'll make sure to put your links in the show notes so people can connect. And such a pleasure, Catherine. Thank you so much for being on the show. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Enjoy. Have a good one and stay safe. Okay. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.